Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Provincial State of Mind with myself, Owen Harrison, Jeff Neville and Tom Savage. This is a podcast focused on all four Irish provincial sides in both European and URC competitions. We discuss what happened the previous weekend, what we can expect from each province in the upcoming games, as well as any major off-field news. So guys, what's been happening this week? Jeff, what have you been up to? Um, Not much, just been busy, but people keep getting on to me on Twitter saying they hope I'm in one piece and they hope I'm okay. And I don't know what she said last week because I didn't listen back. But like, just to reaffirm everyone, whatever they said is a lie. I am totally fine. I was not in trouble with the law or I was not, I don't know, sick or what did you say? Like, Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. And Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just played in the background with the sound off the bumper numbers. <laughs> every, every 60 seconds just hit refresh <laughs> just do my part well to be honest with you you look a lot better now that you've uh, sort of been cured of the leprosy <laughs> is that it oh yeah, yeah no I'm, i came through it like a champ yeah no i'm fine um no yeah all good now and today was lasagna day so um how could you not be in a good mood you know so oh i do love a good lasagna do you know what we started doing and it's it's unreal because there's only two of us kind of eating it in the house, I got two bread dish trays that you'd bake bread in, like, yeah. and I'll make a lasagna in each of them. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not one portion. They're not, like, one each, because um, it's massive still. Like. <laughs> yeah, proportions. <laughs> but, like, do you know, like, if you're cooking for, if you're batch cooking or whatever, like, but when you do it in the bread dish, not only does it cook unbelievably evenly well, but also, do you know when you're taking it out, do you know, like when it's in a big bacon tray or a big bacon dish, when you're taking it out, it just turns into scrambled lasagna, kind of kind of a thing. Like, but when it's in the bread dish, you just spatula straight down, fits perfect, slide it under, lift it up, perfectly square. You're serving and everything just looks the business. It's life changing. It's genuinely life changing. What I have started doing with uh, things like that is I do get the um, what you call it, the baguettes, and do my own garlic bread. Slice it up with the homemade, uh, or sorry, with the uh, what you call it, garlic butter. So do it all, put loads of garlic butter in, and then just uh, toast it on the on the barbecue for about five minutes beforehand, just warming up, toast it through. We've come full circle because you've definitely said that before on this podcast. It is. I swear to God, it's a winner. Just do it yourself. <laughs> I like uh, to put my beans into my air fryer. Yeah, we've definitely talked put about them on, this. Put them on an air fryer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We actually got an air fryer in the house as well. Jeez, they're so handy. Like. They're super for, handy. For I, I, I refuse like, yeah. to use the oven. Like somebody says, oh, put that, the, put that in the oven. I was like, ugh, the oven? I could put it in the oven for 20 Fuck minutes off. or the air fryer for four. <laughs> I don't actually have an air fryer. And my wife is, I think now, mad to get one. She's, she's, so I think I may have something organized for Christmas. Christmas is around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Christmas is around the corner there. No. I get her an air fryer and an ironing board covered, and that's Christmas sorted. Just uh, open the bachelor's beans or any beans, whichever ones you prefer, Heinz beans, and just tip them in there. Just tip them in, close it, put them on there for five minutes. But I find about you the air fryer. You've got some good beans. Tom, you probably find the same. Like when the food comes out of ovens, yeah, it's hot. But when it comes out of an air fryer, like it is on fire. Like you can't, yeah. you literally can't touch it for five minutes. Eh? You don't have any of those al dente fucking uh, white puddings coming out of the air fryer. That's for sure. Anyway. Yeah. 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 No, everything is uh, very thoroughly cooked. And especially if you forget to look at it for a minute 
or something like that. Because I don't know if you use the timer on yours, but like we'll just yeah, Google we, timer it, you know, that kind of way. Like, yeah, but, we, we have a, a ninja here and um, it's got two sides. And you can time it. Oh, the dual oh, ninja. Excuse the dual ninja, oh, yeah. Because no, again, very advanced air frying oh, going no. on over here. I'm down with the peasants. I just have one kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, pit or a, a big cup, I suppose. I don't know what yeah, you'd call it. Just, yeah, it's ugh. just one. So you can only cook kind of one thing at a time. It's not, <laughs> not great, but if you just have one my chips type of food, it's underrated. <laughs> put my chips into one side, my fucking burgers in the other. Would you burger on it? Yeah, I'd put, I'd throw fucking anything in there. I'd be putting cornflakes in there at all. Uh. Whatever, the burger, I just, like, I just, burgers must be too dry, though. I think they come out okay. But then again, I'd eat it with a bar shit up on top of it. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I, I have no standards for food. Like, I, my, the stuff I'd be eating, disgusting. When I lived on my own, <laughs> I'd, you'd, you'd, I'd be eating like a raccoon. Oh, but like, I, I don't know anything. Being like... <laughs> Fellas can be like that when they live alone, especially when they first move out. And it's like, what's for dinner today? I had two sticks of garlic bread. Yeah, what? <laughs> what do you mean? The only things I could find, I could find in the cupboard were were bread and salad cream. So I had a salad cream sandwich. <laughs> literally, it's literally like that. What do you have for dinner today? Beans. Anything? No. <laughs> I, I remember I used to I, I used to have cheesy beans, where you got your beans, but then you got grated Tesco cheese up on top of them. And it's disgusting. like, it, it looks like slop. That's it looks disgusting. Slop yeah. now you're eating. It's yeah. just rotten. But you eat it, it's just like, it sustained me. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I'm perfectly prepared for like, if there is an apocalypse or something like that, where people are going, oh my God, how will we survive? It's like, I had, like I was living in an apocalypse for many years. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> so changes. <laughs> <laughs> I like, won't interact I was, with people apart from the internet and I will just continue my own eating habits. <laughs> when, when I was full in on the bum life, like you'd be eating the money, you'd be like you'd be getting the the expired stuff out of like Super Value or Tesco. If you're feeling fancy, like out of Brown Thomas or uh, Debenhams rather, when they like when they the, had food. The yellow oh, tag stuff is it? The yellow tag stuff in yeah, Martin Spencer's. Yeah. If you're feeling particularly fancy, but like I remember one time I was just like there was some ham there and I needed I job. I figured I need to eat here, so I had some bread and it's like oh there's some ham there, but that ham looks that ham looks a little grey. Will I chance it? So I said, like, yes, I will. Such is my desperation. And um, ladies and gentlemen, it was not good that ham. It did not taste good, but I ate it anyway. Ham that is green no standards. At least you didn't have to go to the gym that week to lose weight because you did that all on your own for like, four it, days it, after. It just happens. It's just like, it's automatic. It's, it's brilliant. Called, it's Losing called waste. the Ulster in South Africa diet. <laughs> We've we've been ta- we've been tagged into a really weird arc of it. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> I on Twitter. <laughs> when I saw, well, like when you see the reply, kind of going, "Oh, you're still rattled from earlier on, are you?" This is like, what are we fucking tagged into here? I'm actually going to read one reply out because I read it and I kind of I didn't realize we were in this kind of um, I don't know vacuum of replies. And the reply says, "As I said." Questioning how Argentina managed to spend a longer time in Durban without getting sick and why no local player, staff or coach is sick would make for a good discussion. I read that and I was like, what the f- what is going on here? <laughs> like, like, who's asked the question? Would it make for a good discussion though? <laughs> I was genuinely like, why would we talk about Argentina in Durban? 
<laughs> had no idea. I don't feel like going. going I don't feel like going full Colombo onto onto while a bunch of professional Nazis have been shitting themselves for the last four or five days. <laughs> it's just like what? Like no, this is not fun. I don't care about this. To be fair, this week has seen a lot of potholes and tinfoil hat wearing guys in our mentions. Melts, <laughs> melts, whoppers, yeah. dermots, a lot of them. <laughs> It's a busy week on social media. Can I ask you a question? Because I, I didn't listen in, as we said. Who did you pick last week to win the three games? Everybody who won. Yeah, I thought you I would think that. I was 100 yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I was 100%. Yeah, we, I think. No, we went, went, the two of us went, Connacht, I think it was, and Leinster, and I think we both went Sharks as well. I yeah, went Sharks as well, e- yeah. E- e- that was that gone. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah. no, I think you pick, I think you picked Ealing Trailfinders for that game. Weren't, weren't uh, really sure what you were talking about. Then. I actually picked the winners, and for anyone who doubts me, I will post the screenshot later because I am taking this very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> there is no crack here, thank you. Very seriously. It's great because like I instantly forget who I've predicted the minute I say it, then it's just gone. It's like I'm, I, I'm did I say that? I I'm no writing idea. down like I did. Are you writing down? I'm not messing around here. Just like there, there, there. Look. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm not messing oh, around. Well. Oh, wait. I know this is an audio podcast, but Jeff just a, a large kind of looked like a serial killer scrawling all over. <laughs> no, it's, it looked like it's one of those the back, letters. The back wall of the room. <laughs> and it's all, it's all, you know, those. Uh, he he has all the letters cut out from the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> And to keep the score, do you know the way you scratch like the five as you would if you were in prison or something? <laughs> the four lines in the fifth goal. <laughs> oh, God. Next to my Nick Timoney poster. Right. We'll, uh, I think we'll move it on from there. Uh, we'll start with a bit of rugby then. We'll start with the uh, first game from last week, which was Connacht against Scarlets. Uh, Connacht had a bonus point win over the Scarlets, 36-14 with trials from Niall Murray, Jack Ainger, two from Mac Hansen and a penalty try. Um, another good performance from Scott or from Connacht. Um, again, I thought their set piece was very solid um, with their line-out, especially good. I think their, their line-out, it, to me, is very interesting at the moment. They're being very picky in terms of when they're contesting, but when they do contest, they're um, they're being very um, effective at shutting down the opposition lineout and giving them scrappy ball to work off. I think this is is this the second game where they've reduced the opposition to less than eighty percent efficiency on their ball. So like you know they're they're really showing that the scrum again was solid and but I think it was to me the big the big one was um, Connacht have started to play less ball in the wrong areas of the pitch. They're not hanging onto the ball and they're kicking it a lot more. And I think, uh, what was it? Jack Carty, he kicked the ball 18 times and made most meters out of it this round, 717 meters in his kicking, more than any other player in the URC this week. So I think it's, it's a change in tactic from them compared to what we saw particularly early on in the Tour of South Africa. And they once they've started, or sorry, once they've stopped the overplaying in their own half, I think they've become a, a lot more effective um, than they have earlier in the rounds. What did you make of the games, Jeff? Um, I thought it was very businesslike from Connacht, to be honest with you. Like, um, it was a game where I I think they'd obviously targeted considering the opening 
couple of rounds they had. And they said, this is a game at home that we could win, uh, a bit like the Munster game as well. And uh, they, they literally went out and did it. Like, I mean, beat a lot of defenders, they threw a lot of offloads. Um, they weren't forced into making that many tackles, which I think will help those energy levels and chasing those kicks and everything like that. Um, bit untidy in terms of uh, penalties and stuff like that. But um, I, I felt it was a very good game. Like when you look at their line-out D as well, just like you mentioned there, I think over the past couple of years, their line-out defense has actually been quite good. And... Um, selective yeah but it's when it's good it's very very good but when they fail let's say at times maybe in a, a mall d situation or something like that it can be very bad but their their um their their movement their hinge work their footwork their speed and the lift and the jump and everything like that it's very very good so um yeah it was, it was quite business business like um but i tell you one thing i'd love to know how many tries connacht have scored from Jack Carty just slinging a wide pass on the five meter line or in the round there, because it seems like this maybe is that the third one already this season? I think that they've scored with just a big wide pass being whipped out. Um, it's such a good weapon, like, and, it, and even last season, it sticks out to me as well. Uh, Mac Hansen scored pretty much the exact same try last season off that pass being whipped out, stepping back in off his left and just step in a second time to get past the defender I'm, like I'm, I'm nearly sure it's an identical try um so like I, I i think as a as a as an option like it's just such a very clever option to be able to see that space time and time again from carty but no like i thoroughly enjoyed it i sat down uh friday night watched it and was uh you know there was no kind of moment where you're like oh shit like connacht might fluff this it was it was quite a comfortable watch Do you know you could afford to go out and make a cup of tea and not think, oh, Jesus, Scarlet's pulled the hell or something like that, which has happened to me all too many times in the past. So I enjoy that aspect of it now as well. I think it's great how Connacht have been able to get size on the field and keep it there. Like Prendergast, he's a second rows. He's a guy who's big. Yeah, like he's got, like, well, he's around 6'5", very comfortable in the back row. Like, I just think, oh, fuck it, I did it again, didn't I? Did That's I do it about- again? No, I was I was teeing you up. I was teeing you up. <laughs> no, they, they've been able to get a lot of size in the field, and like you look at, um, I think their their second row roster now, and the guys they have for that kind of half lock position in the back row, uh, Josh Murphy, Kim Prendergast, uh, is it Murray or Murray? Murray, Murray. I'm led to believe. Murray, Murray is it? Murray, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a prank. Um, Niall Murray, um, or Niall Murray. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is it Murray or Murray? It's Murray. Yeah, well, Niall Murray had a great game. <laughs> uh, Gavin Thornbury. Um, like that's a good that like that's a good core there of their lineup. Like uh, Owen said there to start, that's a good, just a, a kind of a big rock to build your game on. And like with that core of guys, if they can keep those guys fit, there's lots to like about Connacht this season. Like once they've got because they've got a really bad. Uh, schedule out of the way early on like it's going to lighten up for them like if you're going to have a rough schedule at the start of the season it's going to lighten up at some point you're going to get a run if they can get in a run they can kind of get into that top eight position and just kind of hang on because i think a lot of teams in this league are going to start taking points off each other um in the next i would say the next block of urc games you're going to see a lot of teams dropping points to each other so it's uh it's all open i would say at the moment i don't think there's anything set in stone right now the one thing I will say about Connacht, and especially the second rows, is um, 
watching back Connacht's last maybe two or three games, I've been amazed at how many times the second rows, like Thornbury and Niall Murray and I think Dowling, the, the amount of times they've been successful at blocking the um, box kick. They seem to be able to, to get in and, and get that box kick in and just be able to do something with it and either put the, the opposition off or block it down. It was Murray got that dodgy try for within inside a minute or two and against the Scarlets, but it, it's been it's been something that they've been very good at. Um, and speaking of the the dodgy try, I think the the only other thing I, I'll, I'll reference about the game itself has been I thought the ref and the TMO were actually very poor in that game. I thought there was the the two instances that stood out to me. Number one, I thought the Paul Boyle yellow. I thought he was very lucky to get away with that being yellow. Um, that's where he he went to almost crock roll the the Scarlet player out, put him onto his head. Oh, um, I remember almost DDT'd him, kind of. Yeah. No, look, it, it, yeah. It wasn't I, I, just I think him. technically, was, was technically, elsewhere. I think that was more of a pile driver. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was definitely DDT. It sorry now the setup is more of a package pile driver, I think. If I was to be ah, sh- specific about it. it. <laughs> Look, all I'm gonna say yeah, is right, e- e- right. e- e- either way, both would probably be red cards on a rugby pitch. <laughs> yeah, I would say so, yeah. Although um, not in that game. It is it is weird though. There is a lot of um there is a lot of I suppose scope for interpretation around the place at the moment. I presume we're gonna talk about that as well later on. But like it, it it there does seem to be more of those decisions in the game, like game wide where it seems like we're getting more decisions that like might have been a red card last season, but there seems to be far more mitigation this season, if that makes sense. It seems that, yeah. uh, that I've seen a lot more of these for whatever reason. I agree. The, the, other, and the other one that, that didn't even seem to really get checked was the clothesline hit to the head from the Scarlet's uh, substitute prop. It was an absolute swing and arm. And that was a big <laughs> shot. Like That was a big, oh. big shot. Yeah, yeah, big, big shot. I'm, I I haven't seen anything, but I didn't see anything about a sighting from it either, which, again, I thought was just crazy. I think I missed that in real time, and it was only on Twitter afterwards that uh, someone posted a video saying, like, how was this missed? And when you see it, you're kind of like, Jesus wept. You, like, whatever about mitigation, whatever about, you know, seeing more mitigation in the game, like, as you were saying there, this was stone cold, get off the pitch. Yeah. Oh, like there was better is where the real justice is dispensed these days. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you're refereeing a game and someone did something like that. You didn't even get the carriage run. Excuse me. Excuse me. Get off the pitch. Get off the pitch. Would you get off the pitch? Just go. Wouldn't you love just to go. do that? Like, just just leave. Get just off leave. the pitch. Get out, get out of here. Just go straight. Just go straight home. <laughs> Don't even go to the dressing room. <laughs> someone someone else to bring your bag home. <laughs> You turn around, you're like, sorry, Captain, Captain, make sure his bag's on the bus, please. He is not getting into that restaurant. <laughs> right. Um, the news then from Connacht this week is that they have confirmed construction of their high performance centre and the North Stand at the sports ground, which is set to begin next year. The high performance centre will include indoor training pitch and the North Stand is to replace the Clan Terrace and will have a mixture of standing, seating and some hospitality with a capacity of over 7,000. Um, so along with the new uh, artificial pitch, they have the LED floodlights similar to Munster coming in, I think, next month. 
Um, and then this the new HPC and North Stand are due for 2025-26 season. Um, and also um, for Connacht fans this week, is it? No, it's not this week. When is it? 3rd of November. The, there is a new documentary out called Relentless, the Connacht Way, um, a documentary chronicling the 21-22 season um, for Connacht from an inside view, from the player's viewpoint. And that's on I got RT. so many invites to that, to go see the premiere of that. And it's like, please RSVP. And I was just like, it's in the bridge Andy. in Dublin. And Andy and Friend. It's Connacht. <laughs> and it's Connacht. Why are you asking me this? Because they know you're good to, friends. Like, I'd have to drive to Dublin and stay overnight. Why? That's literally <laughs> the total opposite of Tom's dream day. <laughs> yes. Go to Dublin. This is like, okay, you're losing me. <laughs> you're losing me here. This Put is a Connacht documentary. He's like, what? <laughs> I have so many enemies there. <laughs> Dan McFarlane. Dan McFarlane, <laughs> be waiting in an alley, if you pop it and get you, you're going to it. <laughs> it looks oh, class, God. though. As a, like, I, again, I've only seen the, the ad, like, but that looks unbelievable. I can't wait to watch that. November 3rd, is it? November 3rd on yeah. RT1. Yeah, it looks and like it's it's, They look like they've got lots of lovely, very expensive looking drone shots, which I always like in a documentary. It's like, hmm, there's serious business happening here. <laughs> nice drone shots. You'd love is that wedding? a nice font I see? <laughs> Tom, are you sure you weren't watching wedding videos or something like that? <laughs> I watch those all the time. It's like a, a nice drone shot of the sports wedding show. videos. TRK weddings. <laughs> yeah, they even, they you, even did that. You film them and I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> but if you film, like, is in, I love those documentaries where you do the film thing and at the, and at the start, and they did it in this documentary because I see an ad for it. They went, boom. At the start with the drone shot, it's just like, oh, hello, what's oh, happening here? And it kind of fade, does it fade to black? Is it kind of a thing? Kind of fades to black oh, a little bit yeah, at the start. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, this is a serious documentary for serious people. Nice. <laughs> well, you see, nice. what you could do for TRK, I'm interested. for TRK weddings, if you get Jeff to go to it, you just make him wear a GoPro on his head all day. Exactly. And just have it a really <laughs> extreme fisheye. Yeah. <laughs> just <right>. <laughs> And then I wouldn't be allowed to speak to any of the guests because it would just be my voice all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't imagine talk. He, imagine and you have to be up eat. at the altar with with the couple just to get close up. <laughs> Don't mind me. And you just you can just hear you muttering to your man. It's like say yes, say yes, say yes. He says yes. Well done. Well done. Good man. Out of you. <laughs> Doesn't she look fabulous? <laughs> At mealtime, it's just a video of me looking into soup. <laughs> I'm just like, Ordering a bread wait. roll. I can't wait to put boom over Jeff eating some soup. <laughs> or sending his steak back. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. This isn't good. <laughs> we got a little bit derailed there, I feel. Yeah. Yes, that did. Okay, we'll move on to the Connacht game. Uh, Connacht are away to the Ospreys on Saturday night. Uh, Ospreys have had two draws already this season, but only one win. Um, and that they beat the Dragons in the last round. Connacht have strung together some good performances since they returned from their tour of South Africa, and they've had wins against Munster and the Scarlets, and a good showing, well, defensively at least, against Leinster. 
Uh, who are we picking for this? Connacht will be missing their Irish players, won't they? Um, yes. And I suppose Hansen and Prendergast. Aki as well from suspension. Um, Blade. No, they'll have the A guys. No. Oh, a, a, okay. a guys are, are still there. Okay. Uh, Bielham. Bielham will be gone, actually. Yeah. And I know Ospreys will probably be missing their Welsh contingent as well. Mostly, I would say, although I'm not sure. No, I think yeah. they are because they're already training. So yeah, they, would they, they be, won't yeah. have a lot of those guys. I tell you what, I'm going to go with Connacht on this one. I think, like, I watched Ospreys play, was it two weeks ago they played without, they, they had to rest their Welsh contingent. Um, it was a game, Jesus, who were they playing? Aaron Shingler came off the bench and I can't remember that. Who? Scarlets. Was it? I don't know. Um, but Jesus, they were muck. Um, so based off that showing without their Welsh players and the fact that Connacht are on a bit of a bump at the moment, I'm going to go with Connacht in that game. I'm going to follow you in on that. I think uh, I think Connacht have a really good chance here. I think they can continue the form from their last three games and do something. I think the Ospreys, if they're without their, some of their Welsh contingent, it seems to me the, the Scarlets and the Ospreys aren't near the top of their game where they should be. And if you look at the the Welsh sides, it's probably Cardiff and the Dragons who are more the form, the form sides uh, for the Welsh. So on that basis, I think Connacht can can get an away win. I think uh, Connacht are going to be relentless, like their documentary, and they're going to get a, 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 a just a bonus point win. Do you think whatever start, it is that the Ospreys play, the start of the game, the floodlights just go on and off and on Boom. and off. Let the crowd know this is a serious <laughs> game for serious people. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Connacht to go Three for a win Connacht. over there. Three for Connacht. Three for Connacht. Perfect. Moving on then. Uh, Next up was uh, the Sharks against Ulster, which was postponed. And this, one of the many things that gave us the uh, tinfoil hats, melts and potholes in our mentions this week. Um, the game was postponed uh, against the Shar- or against Sharks, was called off due to 29 Ulster players and 13 staff being affected by E. coli and norovirus. Um on Saturday, before the Munster-Leinster game, uh, Stuart McCluskey tweeted, I don't know if he saw it, but he tweeted an article he had done in the lead-up to the game, and it was like, we're feeling good about this game against the Sharks. <laughs> and he just retweeted it, and he was like, I think I spoke too soon. <laughs> it's very weird to have a game called off like that. It's just very unusual. I think if it was at home and the Sharks were fine, but Ulster were still affected. It would be a case of like find players, but like yeah, and that late in the day, traveling to South Africa, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to. No, you wouldn't wouldn't be able yeah. for that. Like it's it's a, a, like I don't blame them for not playing because like some of that stuff it can start, <laughs> it can start piping out fun and games from both ends. Imagine getting hit in your and... drift by one of those Sharks players. <laughs> When you're not feeling a hundred percent, like I know we talked about your like, gray, so your grey ham earlier, but this is like part two. <laughs> <laughs> this is back with the vent. Be, you'd be spraying like one of those lawn sprinklers after it. <laughs> it's lava so, coming out from both ends. Yeah. Like I don't mind. Like like people are going, oh, they should have played the game anyway. It's just like you know what? 
Yeah, just absolutely. go home. Could not just go that. home. You could not. Like there were there were down props anyway, so you couldn't safely play the game regardless. Like if it was a case that it was just like fucking some outside backs or whatever who were down, yeah, you, you might be tight for numbers, but you'd probably end up playing the game. Uh they were down props as far as I'm aware. So that made it unsafe for them to play. Do you know what? Just they'll they'll work it out. Like I I, I can't see them replaying this game. Oh no, I, I, don't see I, that, I think yeah. it'll end it'll end up getting done by committee. So nobody will be happy. Except the Sharks probably who will more likely get a, a walkover bonus point win. But if they still, don't, if the Sharks aren't awarded the win there. Like, I think, like, while I, you know, I went for the Sharks last week. I think a lot of people probably thought the Sharks would tip that last week as well. So if it goes to a committee and they, I don't know, split the points or something like that, I don't see the Sharks being happy whatsoever. No, and rightly so. Like, uh, you know, like, I don't blame Ulster for not playing. You can't help if you get, you know, whatever the fuck they had there, norovirus, that virus you get in Resident Evil, whatever it was. Um, well, they were... Well, actually, well... It's, I suppose, two things. E. coli is a bacterial infection, which, you know, there has been some of in South Africa. Well, and but norovirus is effectively the winter vomiting bug. And, yeah. but the incident is under investigation. But the comments from the URC CEO seem to think that it was both Ulster and oh, Glasgow. The Scottish Glasgow may have actually brought the, or, Brought the bugs and of uh, the bacterial virus or bacterial E. coli infection with them, is what he has said from the early in um, indications from the um, investigation. Now, well, yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any way that the sharks don't get all the points if that's awarded by committee. Because look, there's no room for them for Ulster to go back down for a week to play the sharks. No nope. fucking walloped in the middle of the Six Nations or whatever they do. Like you know, there's no way to do that. Like so, they just have to. Roll with it, I think, you know, and, and the, go the, the, the only place that it could potentially be played would be if Ulster got knocked out early of the Champions Cup and they played on a Champions yeah. Cup weekend. That's the that's the only space I would see available, but it, it would then have to be both sides would have to be out of the, the Champions Cup for, oh, for it yeah, to actually yeah, yeah. for it to work. And you know, you're <sighs> How likely is that to happen at an at an early stage? Um, wouldn't wouldn't happen to me. I'm I'm too used to eating slop. It would never it would never happen to me. I'd have just stuck to the garlic bread. Stick to the garlic bread. <laughs> Stick to the weird. garlic bread. Just I'd be eating the crab apples out of the fucking garden out the back. Not a bother. Baguettes of garlic bread, please. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing. Do you have any gray ham? <laughs> garlic bread. Get, gray get ham. some ham. Leave it out in the sun for a while. Bring it. <laughs> Stay I'll away from the green ham. I'll be back in a while. <laughs> The green, the green hand made me a little bit delirious. <laughs> right, we'll we'll leave the uh, the Ulster game preview and we'll move on to the final game of the week, um, which was Leinster against Munster. Uh, Leinster beat Munster 27-13, thanks to tries from Scott Penny, Dan Sheehan, Luke McGrath and Rob Russell. Uh, Munster's try was scored by Gavin Coombs. Um, Scoreline sort of suggests it was an easy enough win for Leinster, but I think it's a lot close. It was much closer than most fans and pundits were expecting, um, especially after the, the, the teams were actually announced and, and the starting yeah, lineups like, were there. We were saying last week, um, as, as Jeff knows, I think he was listening very intently. I listened to um, this one part. 
<laughs> we, we were kind of saying last week that like that we weren't expecting a Leinster win here by any means. When the teams came out on Friday, I was just like, well, just just don't dishonor yourselves. <laughs> but like was it was it one of those itself- moments where you're like why do we record this show before the teams get announced? Yeah, it was just like, oh, all oh, right, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, I saw that team sheet and all I could think of was, you remember uh, Mick Galway tells the, the story about being under the posts in, was it Bordeaux or Toulouse or somewhere after about five minutes and going, right, lads, let's try to keep this under 60. Keep keeping under 60. <laughs> yeah, like I like my expectations, like there is, there's been a weird, like in the aftermath, last couple of days, the of, of the, the the apparently there are other rugby podcasts. No. People have been telling me this. There are other rugby podcasts. Refuse to believe it. Yeah, and uh, people have been kind of saying on there like they were going, I don't know what people are looking at because they've, they've got they've got Dublin accents all of them. I don't know what these monster fans would be looking at. I thought they were rubbish. Thought they were fucking rubbish altogether. So they were. And it's like. I, like I don't, I didn't expect Munster to win this game. After the team sheets came out on Friday, I was like, "Well, we'd be doing very well to get a losing bonus point here." And I wanted to see a bit of fight and physicality, and bit of, a bit of spite and bitterness as well from Munster in the game, and put it up to Leinster, like make Leinster fucking fight for it. Because the last two games that Munster played against Leinster were fucking pat cake bullshit for the most part. So this game. Had a lot of stuff that I liked. And look, the, the performance wasn't fantastic from Munster. There was a small few bits and pieces here and there. But there was enough there, given the disparity between the teams. Like, people are kind of going, well, on the same podcast, it was like, well, Lancer had injuries too. So they did. It's the, it, I think it's the canary from those, from those carbon monoxide ads. I think he's on it. <laughs> and at the end, what do you think of the game? Tropic. <laughs> but yeah so like looking at that I just thought I think they did well enough given the disparity in the two sides yeah look Leinster had a few injuries as well but look at the team they had out yeah look Tyke Furlong pulled out before the game but you had Healy Sheehan Ala Alatoa Jenkins Ryan Caelan Doris um, Johnny Sexton played the 80 minutes <laughs> like Dan Sheehan played 79 minutes typically because look, I as I've said on my own website, like I've seen Munster lose to Leinster a lot in the last number of years. I kind of looked it out in the last six years, given how many times I watch games back, I've seen Leinster beat Munster around 52 times in the last couple of years. So like I've seen Munster lose to Leinster before in all manner of different guises. I've seen them lose an awful lot worse and for Leinster to be way more comfortable and like given that Munster were down to 14 men for 20 minutes of this game, I think they did okay. I think you can't ignore how many opportunities were squandered by Leinster at the same time. Oh, true. Yeah. Like that, 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 that first like there was a bit could of... have been a blowout. Like if, if, yeah, if, there was a bit if, of luck involved for sure. If passes stuck, if knock-ons didn't go. And I know it's all ifs and buts and they did, but like, yeah, and, and you need luck. And I think people forget that as well. Like if you if you talk about teams winning Heineken Cups or teams winning URCs or whatever it may be, whatever competition, people talk about players and people talk about moments and people talk about lineups or whatever it is. 
people very rarely actually mention luck. Like you do need a bit of luck and be that so important. Be that, so a play, important. be that one of your own players coming back to full fitness, be it one of your players not actually getting injured. It could be the bounce of a ball. It could be a line out steal in a quarter final that suddenly swung a game, but nobody remembers that it like luck is massive. Um, but luck played its part in keeping that game close and that's what you need. Um, but question for you and this was bothering me at the game and it's bothered me kind of since 15 minutes left or about nine points down kickable penalty what do you do they should have gone for post it takes three no end that like and i understand why they went for the lineup because you need you need a try to beat leinster and i get that like but with 15 minutes left you make it a six-point game momentum it changes the complexion it kind of change, like it obviously changes the scoreline, but it makes you that little bit more. Oh, fuck, you know, we we have to do something here uh, to put this to bed. Like they're not going away because you you, well, you needed it, two scores anyway. Yeah, but you're there to get the first. Just take it, like. But I, I think with that, it changes the complex, or it changes the mentality. It changes Leinster's mentality in that. Okay, if if we give away a bad pass or something. And an intercept yeah, try, we, we've lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it it changes. They don't have that freedom to play again. I think also you look at the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, Leinster were bringing Lions. They were bringing Jack Conan off the bench. Munster and ended up playing whatever it was, last 10, 15 minutes with, was it Jack Scott O'Connor Buckley in the back row. Scott Buckley and a 19-year-old Runon on Quinn. That's that's the difference. They, they also didn't have a second like, row from 50 minutes on. In terms of you had uh, yeah, like, Coons moving in there, like the Leinster lineout struggles. The Leinster scrum was iffy with two loose heads against it. Uh, I'm not saying Munster were anywhere near what they needed to be, but they they put it up to them. I also you were saying there, Jeff, you need a lot of luck. I would think that what Munster did, particularly in the first half, was it's a different defense that that Munster are using now compared to last season. And what they were able to do, even when they were a man down, like I had people in my mentions going on about, well, you know, oh, Leinster dominated that first half and they, they got so many metres run and things like this and gained it with ball with ball in hand. It was against two yellow cards. You're going to get that. The problem was that when it came down into the 22, Munster's line speed forced the mistakes. They were also had the physicality to hold them up and things like that. Some of it's luck. Some of it's actually down to design and the change, I think, in defensive game plan to it. I've said all along, Leinster are one of the best teams in the URC. They're challengers for the, the, the um, Champions Cup. But there are specific flaws in that they have that can be exploited. They're unlikely to be exploited by 95% of the teams that they face. But it's when they come up against the bigger ones, they will be exploited. That physicality, yeah, you sorry, Tom, but that physicality you mentioned on, I was watching the game back on Monday because I watched the game live at the stadium from the roof of the Aviva. That's where my ticket was for. Um, <laughs> I had bought tickets for myself, my wife and friends of ours. And with every step closer I took towards the back of the stadium, I got more and more embarrassed that I was in charge of the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I know people, people, people getting oxygen and masks. <laughs> and like, I was literally there and I was like, well, I quite like this view because I see the whole pitch and I can see where the space is. But I was just kind of covering my tracks. I was like, sorry about this. But anyway. Um, I, I, I didn't realize the roof dipped down and I can't yeah. see the ball when it's kicked in the air. <laughs> but it's, it's start, like we were so far deep into the stand that when it started raining, we still got wet. Like that's how close to the back we were. <laughs> But like anyway, if, if you if you tripped at the top of those stairs, you'd be tumbling for forty seconds. Literally, literally, forget about it. Like, <laughs> you'd be halfway home. But um, I know. So I watched it back. Just to what you said about the physicality in defence, there was an awful lot of double shots, and it made it quite a positive defence. And it just kind of stopped that. Well, obviously, it stops the attack going dead. Like, but it just buys the the deep that bit, small bit more time, I suppose. But an awful lot of double shots, and one fella. Um, I don't know how it, like I didn't watch it that deep I was just kind of watching it again but it always seemed that after that double shot one kind of had free license to to just go for it like ch- try and change the picture of the ruck if you want whereas the other one straight away is on guard or pillar whatever you want to call it and they just moved but like the physicality was unbelievable I felt as well that as good as I thought Niall Scannell has been so far in the URC I felt Dermot Barron was class oh, I felt very good so explosive in nearly everything he did. Um, I, I I felt he was very very good, and the other fella who stuck out to me was um, John Hadnett, who yes. I felt was nonstop work exceptional as well. Yeah, yeah. I I think like like you mentioned there, like I suppose for Munster riding the luck, there is an element to that because like I mean, what Leinster are very very good at doing is like using a high pass per carry opening 20 minutes to just blow teams away inside that first 20. I think there was two opportunities where they blew it, where that uh, screen ball to Sexton, where fucking 49 times out of 50, that goes wide to the four guys they have outside there and it's a try anyway they want it. That was a, an uncharacteristic mistake. There was that also that pass, Keane Healy, where it looked like he was trying to kill Jamie Osborne and got him, got him in the face. Uh, but like, Overall, I think that like the way Munster reacted to that as the game wore on showed a bit of bottle and showed a bit of fight. And like that's where Munster are at at the moment. Like when it comes to the rebuild that's going on mid-season, like this is not something that's happening over a preseason or an extended break in the year. Like this is Munster fixing things and changing things as the season is ongoing with a fucking injury list like something out of the sum. It's brutal. And even mid-game was brutal. I think that they did well enough to come away and be thinking, okay, there's something for us to take here rather than last year to be going, going well, that was fucking rubbish for the most part. I, I think if, if you look at it, month, as I said, Leinster, Leinster are looking to win Europe. They're, they will be almost expected to be in the URC final and they will be hoping to win the Champions Cup. That's their level. Munster, mm-hmm. because of the rebuild and everything else that's going on, are hoping to qualify for the Champions Cup next year. That's the difference in, in expectations. That's the difference in level at the moment. And that's just being... I, 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 I heard today somebody saying that, oh, a few Munster fans they saw were like, oh, looking at Leinster's injury list and kind of going, oh, we, 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 we've a chance. It's like, where did you find these people? <laughs> who is thinking this like i, I found them in where starbucks. were you <laughs> a starbucks in donnybrook 
They, they, they go to a different school. Like, you wouldn't know them. <laughs> yeah, they go to a different school. You, you don't I know met, them. met them on um, Yeah, no, it... <laughs> <laughs> they were they were hot they were so yeah. good looking those <laughs> they go to different schools you wouldn't know them <laughs> they but like uh like leinster i think at the moment are solidly like at their peak for a number of years now like there was the first year under lancaster uh colin i suppose leading up to what then became their peak in 1718, 1819, 1920, 2021. Like you might say, like maybe are they heading towards the end of that peak now? Because this like this is it happens to all teams. But that's where they are in their cycle. Like Munster, I think, are I don't know where they are really, but like it's at the start of something rather than being even close to being at a at a peak. I think that's I think that's fair to say without kind of going you know, defeatism or talking about moral victories because there was nothing like that. You just have a target for the game and hope you get something out of it. And, you know, you look at that second half, five or 10 minutes in, like Munster were winning and Leinster rolled Porter and Conan off the bench straight away when that try went in. So, like, there there are levels here and Munster trying to get up those levels with a a better injury list for Munster. Is it closer? Who knows? No, but I, I, I can't say. But, it's just one of those things where there was enough positive there, even with the loss, to go, okay, you can work with some elements of that rather than going, this is the exact opposite of what we want. So, yeah, I think Leinster at the moment, though, even though they're not playing well, are still an incredibly formidable side. Like Johnny Sexton, just there's levels of greatness here that this guy has. It's just it's amazing how influential and effective he is, even now at, what, 37? just amazing from a Leinster point of view as well I felt James Ryan had a very big game and Dan Sheehan of course as well had Dan Sheehan is outstanding he's he's fabulous he is just fabulous he's Leinster's top try scorer and he's second highest try scorer in the league for a hooker and like you might say look are there some set piece wobbles there you might go yeah but I would then say does it matter no no like I think I think we spoke no. about it before. Do you remember like the odd scrum where Porter might be in trouble, but what he offers you outside scrum time? Like Dan Sheehan offers you so much. Like imagine if you were a club oh, coach and this guy rocked up to play for your team on a Sunday and you're like, Would you like a car? Because I'll give you mine if you come back next week. He is phenomenal. And I know, Tom, that you're a big fan of Kelleher. And like, uh, and right, yeah, don't get me wrong, like, don't get yeah. me wrong, yeah. So, so am I, like, don't get me wrong, but like, as good as Kelleher is, it is going to be near impossible to oust Dan Sheehan in the form he's in. Oh, god, but not when he's playing like this, nigh on no, impossible, like, I'd say. I, I think it depends. There was a, there was a couple of wobbles with the. The throw. I think we've seen some issues previously on the the scrum. Not saying they're they're Sheehan's, but they're certainly there with 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 a combination. I I think for Ireland and for Leinster against the very big packs, I think Kelleher gets the nod to start, and I then think you bring um, Sheehan either on at halftime or sort of 45, 50 minutes, and bring him on from there. And I I think that's the way that Ireland will go. Overall, when when Kelleher is back now, I know he's missing 
I think the, I think as well at the rate it's going, you could probably see Kieran Crawley start at hooker for Leinster before seeing him start at ten. So uh <laughs> Oh yeah, look, we're gonna get a lot of I felt I don't care. But I felt he had a great game at 15 <laughs> and he slotted in at first receiver really well a couple of times as well. Like it was that kind of fluidity. And um I I know I wasn't on there last week, but the Munster game two weeks ago, uh with Crowley and Carberry ten and fifteen, like I felt they worked really well. Um, kind of you know, interchanging roles and, and everything like that. But with the fullback stepping into first receiver as another playmaker, as we see with um Sorry, as we kind of see with Ireland as well and stuff like that. But like, I just felt that there was there was at times like that. Frawley was just grand, in attack. Yeah, first receiver, no problem. I'll deal with it. He just knew straight away what to do. Like he was excellent. He he was very very good. And I only said it on Twitter there during the week of all the talk about Kieran Frawley, emerging Ireland squad being picked to to go to New Zealand and everything like that, being selected now in the latest squad as well as note half. Like he's still uncapped by Ireland. Which is wild, yeah. Like, like there's like it's it's when you when you're listening to all that talk, you're thinking to yourself, okay, here's a guy now who's played a few games, and they're just trying to figure out, you know, where he's like he's uncapped. It's phenomenal. Like, like he's played more. He's played the same amount of games at ten for Ireland XV fucking Wolfhound Express than he has for Leinster. Like yeah. that's that's the thing is that we were on about it there last week. It was just. Like, I don't see how you can get your eye in as a guy running the game. Because it's one thing to be a guy, a playmaker, orbiting outside Sexton. Because he, he will drive you around the field. Yeah. Even as a secondary playmaker. Doing that on your own in a high-pressure game, that's the challenge. Myself and Owen were talking about this last week about how, like, like Kieran Foley should, should have started this game, for me, last weekend at 10. But, like... This was a game Leinster obviously wanted to make a statement and and, and win because look, it's Mick Dawson's last Interpro. He's leaving at the end of the month. So they wanted to win this. And when they wanted to win this, they went with Johnny Sexton at 10, which is fine. But it's just like, at what point are we going to see Kieran Frawley get those minutes at 10? Like, which is one thing, like you could say, like the same for Jack Crowley. And I, I think he will start at 10 this weekend. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. But, but we kind of have to, see, like, but Kieran Frawley is the guy who's being talked up to being the Sexton replacement, like for both Leinster and Ireland. So I'd kind of like to see a little bit more of that, you know, to see, does he have the ability to, to move Leinster around the field, you know, and, and to, well, to do it, the, the, the tactical side of it, rather than can he kick goals? Like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Obviously he can. Yeah. Do you know, I, I like the, the actual, the all, the all encompassing part of the game. Well, if you, if you think about him playing with um, Sexton, even even if you 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 use a split field and you've one on either side, as you said, Tom, like Sexton's going to drive that. Sexton's going to lead it. You're not going to see that leadership or that thing. Also, from a defensive point of view, the defense is going to be focused more on Sexton rather than necessarily Frawley. So, like, it's not it's not the same thing as sort of doing it yourself at number ten. And to be honest with you, by the sounds of it, if Leo has his way, he's going to just continue to stick two fingers up to New Sephora and the IRFU and say fuck you I'm going to play him wherever I want when I saw Ross Byrne on the bench I was just like this to me in my my personal opinion feels a little bit like Leo Cullen going fuck the lot of <laughs> that's what it seemed like to me because if they wanted to give minutes to, to Frawley at 10 
they would have put somebody else at the bench other than Ross Byrne. Because like that's basically saying if Sexton goes down inside the first two minutes, I would prefer to have Ross Byrne there. <laughs> if that if that's all the same to E. It was just uh, yeah, it was just very weird. But like, yeah, I, I just think and I, I kind of hope that we get to see that from Frawley because I think he's a really good player. But can you imagine Frawley, a second playmaker outside Sexton, where Frawley decides to call something <laughs> and he messes it up? Like Sexton's face is nearly collapsed into a fucking pinhole in the middle of his face. That's how fucking that's how freaked out he would be. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see that. Sexton just raging. The peeve and the seethe. <laughs> right. We'll uh, we'll move on then to the Leinster. Uh we'll stick with Leinster for the moment. So Leinster signed a new lease on the RDS, 25 years. Um, so I believe. They are looking to still make the development to the ground, um, but the application on that won't go ahead for another couple of years. Um, at the moment, I think they originally had funding. I think the, it's gone. The price has obviously gone up of what they're trying to do, um, and I believe they're about ten million short at the moment in terms of that funding, and that they're going to have to try and figure out um, from that. Not Leinster, obviously. A lot of this comes back down to. The actual RDS themselves, and there are issues in terms of, I believe it is the Anglesey stand is a protected structure, and you can't actually do an awful lot with it. So there, there are, I think, I, the, think, the I, think it's, I think it's Leo the lion's natural habitat. So I think it's an endangered species. So, <laughs> <laughs> but what they need to get is some of the uh, big African game hunters to come over and take them out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> they might be able to do something with it then. Um, so then the injury list uh, for Leinster, um, Luke McGrath, Reese Ruddock and Ryan Baird all came through their return to play protocols and are available. Baird will train with Ireland this week. Tyke Furlong um, was pulled from the Munster game, having rolled his ankle and he's to be assessed by the IRFU team. Um, Josh van der Fleer, Hugo Keenan and Gibson Park will all step up their rehabilitation um, and will be assessed by the RFU medical team, so it looks like they'll be unavailable. And Jordan Larmer, Will Connors, Ronan Kelleher, Harry Byrne, James Lowe, James Tracy, and Tommy O'Brien are all unavailable. And Lowe will, it's been confirmed, will miss the South African uh, game. So Leinster are away to the Scarlets on Friday night. Uh, Leinster are unbeaten this season, and the Scarlets have only won once this season, uh, which was against. Zebra Leinster uh, will obviously be without their internationals, um, but I'd imagine I'm, they should still be strong enough to see off what is effectively a very a fairly poor Scarlet side. So I'm going to go with a, a strong Leinster win. I think they should get a bonus point win out of this. Tom, I have, a, I have a feeling that this could be one of those wobbly games where a bunch of new guys are coming in, a bunch of top guys have gone out. Um, and I think it'll be, I think Leinster will win, but I think it'll be scrappy enough for most of the game. They'll pull away in the last 20 minutes. Do you remember that Leinster-Cardiff game last year? That was yes. wild. Yeah. I think it has the potential to be one of them. Just kind of, here we go kind of a thing. Hold on to your butts. But yeah, I'm going for a Leinster win as well. Like It'll be wild, but like still the Scarlets at the end of the day. Um, so I'm going for Leinster, yeah. Perfect. We'll move on then to Munster and uh, their injury news is 
Archer is Stephen Archer is due to have surgery on his ankle. Uh, Jack O'Sullivan, Liam Coons, and Tom Ahern and John Klein are all to have scans and assess injuries and knocks that they've picked up. Um, Orgy Snyman, Jack Daly, Alex Kendallin, Paddy Kelly, Keith Earls, Andrew Conway, Fanine Witcherly, and you're just Anton going down to the squad list there on Wikipedia. This is the squad. <laughs> this is they're, they're, they're all unavailable. Um, Edwin Idogbo is progressing with his rehab and his availability is to be determined later in the week. Alex Kendallin um, will is stepping up towards training, but he'll still be out for a couple of weeks while Simon Zebo, Mike Haley and Roman Salanoa should all return to full team training this week um, in terms of the injuries. And Munster then... Andrew, Andrew Conway, Keith Earls. Oh, I have them in oh, there, you yeah. Mentioned, you mentioned them, yeah. Oh, did you mention yeah. them? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I did just, mention I them. You, you drifted off in the 10 minutes that I was listing <laughs> out the names of the injuries. Tom was there and Tom, Tom was like, Andrew Conway. Now, he's a guy who... <laughs> he's a guy. He's a guy who's injured. As is Keith Earls. He's also a guy who's injured. He's properly injured. Munster <laughs> um, confirmed two-year contract extensions for Tom O'Hearn, uh, Calvin Ash, and Fanine Witcherly. Uh, and also John Ryan returns in the short-term injury cover for, is it three or four months he got? I think it's three months. It's, 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 it's three months, but I think it's essentially four months if you can, you can include the end of this month. Oh, the end. Okay. And then yeah, Irish November, conflicts. December, January. And then Irish qualified centre Ollie Morris, not Norris, joins the province. Uh, Ollie Norris. The season. Ollie Norris. And the thing Norris. is, you'd say something. You'd say something if it was a mistake in the headline, but that was all the way through the article. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like Ollie Norris. Like what? <laughs> That's one of those yeah. moments where, like, you kind of just kind of. Uh, like that's the noise you emit if yeah. that was you in that situation. Yeah, and it's just like, like I am, you know, so sorry. It's too late to change it. Yeah, we yeah. just have to leave it and hope he changes his name. <laughs> one, one of those things where, where control or <laughs> control M, or just getting a little pen and drawing another little line on the M. M. <laughs> Hopefully, no sing it on your computer screen. Hopefully, no one notices. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's joined from Worcester uh, until the end of the season. So um, Ulster, uh, they haven't given too much of a, an injury update apart from the the twenty nine uh, players and thirteen staff are all still recovering. That's from its that. own. Uh, that's its own update, isn't it? Like I'm not yeah, even gonna, I'm not even going to list them. There's twenty nine. It's not worth it. And in in terms of the the game, so it's Munster versus Ulster on Saturday evening. Um, Ulster were due to fly back, or they came back on Monday. I'm presuming that was a fairly rough flight back <laughs> after everything that had gone on the week. So they're back on Monday. They will have limited, I imagine, training sessions. Um, and then they have the game on Saturday evening. Um, depending on that, it's it'll be interesting to see what sort of a team they can put out on that and what sort of an impact that these bugs and things will have. You'd imagine... Um, that there could be it some uh, weight it, loss and energy it, it loss. Takes a bit, it takes a bit out of you. Like uh, yeah. Munster there ahead of the Zebra game a few weeks ago had a right plague running through the squad before that game and they were flat as fucking pancakes on the day. Like you look at Ulster, it affected so many people. Like it's just, it'll be interesting. Like I, I would be interested to see how they go um, and kind of uh, just see how it, how it progresses. But you mentioned earlier that the contracts are earlier. Great business for Munster, by the way, with uh, 
Nash and, and Hearn in particular. That's a guy who'd be fair in, like in high enough demand, I would say. Good business getting him tied down and doing business early. Um, and Finimutri looks like a guy, good depth signing, I would say, because again, I think there's a lot of contract flux going to happen a Munster this season. Uh, going to be fairly interesting, I would say, as the year progresses. I think we're going to see Witcherly cover an awful lot of positions, probably yeah. well, four positions realistically, like, you know. Yeah, I think um, so. So I yeah. think it's good business, but I think as well, like, I'm trying to think who I'd. And he replaced sex in a 10. <laughs> Yeah, before before Frawley does, yeah. <laughs> probably you'd probably get odds on not that I know how odds work. <laughs> you'd probably get odds on it, like. Um but uh what was I saying? Oh yeah, I was trying to think of who'd win this Monster Ulster game there today as well. And it's so difficult to pick because while like you're thinking energy levels and stuff like that and the drop off energy wise, like that's a very considerate or considerable um injury list from Munster there as well. So it's kind of like yeah, and like apparently a lot of the guys balance, who I think like, are, who are touching go for that are not going to make it. So our, it's like, our go, yeah, or our touch. I don't know which one. Which one would you yeah. say is in like touch and go? Like which if you had touch to pick one and go, the one touch like, and go. I don't yeah, know. It doesn't even make any sense when you think about it. Right. <laughs> Couldn't you break it down? Touch, touch and, and and go. Who me? You're in. We might get a game actually at the weekend. I have my boots <laughs> and I'm willing to travel to Limerick. I actually am in Limerick this weekend, actually. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I am as well. I'm sure. I'm actually. unfit. Yeah. I might, have a I might have a hamstring trouble. It depends who's against me. But as it stands right yeah. now, put me on in the 65th, 70 minute when those energy levels are flagging and I'm your man. Yeah. I will run back the f- exactly one ball and then hide in the corner till the game's fucking over. Because the five be minute impact player. I would be if you want to, if you want to see five me, I'll minutes, be the third guy arriving impact. to the Are you mad? Five minutes. Five minutes the only way I'd be the five-minute impact player is if four and a half minutes of that five minutes was a reset scrum and I just took one like, carry from 12 or that, something. That, that's that, all that's that, That's what I'm hoping for. I'll be the third guy <laughs> in the rock if you're looking for me. <laughs> I, would, I would frame that jersey. I'd shamelessly frame it. I'd be that pothole in the pub 30 years' time. Did I ever tell you about the time I used to play for Munster? <laughs> I leaned down I still, around 19 still, rocks. <laughs> my elbow is still in the wrong position from it. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to go with a monster win in this one, to be honest. I think the energy the levels will tell. Uh, I think monster I, are improving, and I think it'll be a little closer um, than what Ulster's issues at the weekend might suggest. I think uh, Munster are going to just about edge it, I would say. I I think this is all going to depend on the <laughs> who's available to be picked. <laughs> and I, I think it'll literally come down to who's who's available on the night um, for, for both sides. Um, I liked what I have seen from Munster so far. There is uh, a progression to it. It's far from the finished article. The biggest positive, and we started talking about it, originally back almost for the preseason games was the breakdown and the lack of aggression that went into it. And over the last couple of games, we have seen that aggression. It's maybe boiled over a little bit at times in terms of like Keenan Knox and his yellow card, but I would prefer to see that rather than going back to the days of the belly ropes. 
So I'm I think if Munster can continue that, they'll hopefully have Crowley at 10 um will be enough to to direct them. I just think with the travel, with the um the the viruses and stuff that Ulster have had and the trip down to Limerick, Munster at home, I I'd give Munster but just about. I think Ulster could even get a, a losing bonus point out of this. Yeah, I think it will be tight. I think it'll be a very tight game. Um, we didn't I'm, mention earlier, by the way, the incredibly tiresome Jean Klein debate. Oh yes, yes. We've will, we, will, we, will we put a timer on it? Yeah, because like I just, I just saw five a minutes. Bit of a, uh, five, there, my, there's a can- five minutes. Would you stop? We didn't even talk about us for five minutes. There's, there's a candle melting here. I just saw it melts, melt. So, oh yeah, that that discussion. Will we go ninety seconds? Yes. Right. I'm, okay. I'm doing it because right. I don't trust Owen. He, you you have a tendency to get carried away about passionate things. So I'm going to go. Right. Three, two, one. Who's starting? Who's starting? No, I thought that's what you were saying. I was starting the clock. I'll start then. Okay. To me, Dijon. No, I haven't started the clock yet. I had to reset the clock. Okay. This is great. Great podcasting. Three. Like if you started when you were meant to say, it doesn't matter. Three. Two, one. Look, it's to me the incident is reft on outcome. Always, that's the way it has been for a long time now. The simple thing is, Klein went up into the air. When he came back down, it was his. It's his responsibility because he didn't get the ball. So in that instance, he's clattered into the player. Yellow card is probably fair within that. Um, in in terms of taking the player out because it's reft on outcome. As I said in our group chat, if Klein blocks or catches that ball. And Osborne runs into him like he does. It's a yellow card the opposite way, and that's that's the that's the only difference in it is who has the ball. It's as simple as that. I have no problem with his yellow card at all. Um, I think it's fair enough. I can see it both sides. I think like Klein has two options there: either get the ball or jump six foot in the air and clear Osborne. Um, he fails the first, so he has to do the second. He doesn't. Yellow card, I can understand it. Do I think it's harsh? Yeah, I do and I don't. Like, because I understand it, I don't think it's harsh. But, like, I mean, he can't just disappear into thin air, I suppose. But anyway, that's me. And he, and, and he's tried the dark arts. <laughs> like, I think because Jean Klein can't read uh, Osborne's mind, when he sees that he's kicked the ball, he's got a reaction to jump into the air to try to block it. Because I figure in context there, that's going to be a low-ish kick. So he figures he might have a chance to block it. When he's in the air, he can't then just like fly, like hit the fucking jetpacks and then just go flying straight over him. So he's got to come down somewhere. I, I think it's a rugby incident, but I understand the yellow cards. I think calls for a red card and stuff are melt adjacent. We were 15 seconds over there, but like that's not bad. That's not we bad should, at all. We no. should do this for every topic. <laughs> We'd only have it like a 10 minute podcast, not the intro though. Like, we can have the intro the same, but the rugby we could go, you've yeah, seconds. just we, we, need, we need to put hard controls on this rugby stuff, yeah, until we know what's going on. Are you going to, <laughs> so are you going to the game on uh Saturday, Tom? I was supposed to be going for the game, I was supposed to be doing radio, but with my other work, I won't be able to do it, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Are you going on here? Yeah? No, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it this week. Family commitments. I only, I I only go on. to games that I'm being paid to go. Okay. And if, if you want that's to the only games I go to. 
I'll go if you pay right. me. <laughs> no problem. Absolutely. Do you want to take it? In fact, I, I'd love one actually. Yeah, yeah. Because I only realized there I'm actually going to Limerick this weekend. So if you sort me out with a ticket, I could. T- there's I, there's I, nothing I, I can offer you, but um, I'll take it. In fact, if you have two, because I could, I could probably bring a friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not that Joe. So you, you might. I'm, I actually, I you actually might be. I might be able podcast. to do that. It's like what? <laughs> I might be able to do that. Yes, oh definitely one, probably two. That's what you get on this podcast, folks. You put in hours and hours and hours of time, and eventually you get maybe two free, free, t- free, free maybe tickets, free tickets. <laughs> maybe two free tickets to a game. You could probably, you know, just go to yourself anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Live, living the high life, folks. Living the high life. We'll round it up there. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings and for supporting the podcast. Please do rate and review the podcast, whatever platform you listen, as it really helps. And also be sure to share the podcast on social media. Hope you have a good week and the three of us will be back again to chat next week.